All right, well, let's turn the Word of God to Ezra, right? We've been going to Ezra the last uh, few weeks, and so now we're going to look at some verses in chapter 7, Ezra chapter 7, and uh, going through here and uh, learning some things that can help us in this day and age as believers and as, and as the church, Ezra chapter 7, and uh, we'll just read verses 6 through 10, Ezra chapter 7, verses 6 through 10. 10. Give you a moment to find that. Uh, who's read Ezra in the last year? Let's just see the white page. All right, we got the, all right, good, good. All right, Ezra. Ezra chapter 7, again, verses 6 through 10. Say this in the Word of God. Ezra chapter 7, verse 6 says, This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his request according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel, and of the priests, and the Levites, and the singers of the porters, and the Nethanims unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And, Lord, we thank you that we can gather together as the people of God. Lord, we thank you for these good songs that we sang this morning, Lord, to, uh, to worship you and remind us what a good and wonderful God you are and who we are as the children of God and the blessings that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord, we thank of those that aren't here uh, this morning. Lord, we thank of Sister Pam and Sister Sonny and Sister Meredith. Lord, we thank of uh, Donna this morning. Uh, Lord, we think of uh, Amy and uh, Rita and uh, Charity and others that, uh, Lord, are sick. Lord, please touch them and, uh, Lord, uh, bring them uh, back among us and raise them up. Lord, I thank you for uh, John and Lydia, keeping them safe as they travel. Lord, be with James where he is. And, Lord, Sister Sarge and the team, Lord, we pray for them. Now, Lord, help us to now as we're looking at the Word of God. Lord, you know the needs of the heart of those that are listening and those that are here. Lord, perhaps there's somebody listening right now. Perhaps there's somebody sitting here right now. Lord, for whatever reason, up to this point in their life, they've not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, and been born again. Lord, perhaps there's somebody here who's struggling with something that needs some help, encouragement, uh, Lord, uh, from your word. Lord, give them what they need. So in everything, Lord, help us to grow. And Lord, build your local church, we pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And so as we're going through the book of Ezra, this is my first time, I guess, going completely through uh, the book of Ezra, even though I think I've uh, preached uh, from Ezra 7 a couple years ago, and uh, maybe chapter 9, but uh, I've enjoyed going through it. In these verses about Ezra, we see a wonderful example of a spiritual leader. You want to know some things about being a leader? You want to know some things about being a spiritual leader? Look at Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is a, a good one to study on spiritual leadership. Of course, you know, he was the governor. Again, don't you wish we had some governors uh, like Nehemiah, right, uh, in, in that sense? So Ezra and uh, uh, Nehemiah worked together there. So here we see some wonderful examples of spiritual leadership. And, of course, certainly uh, so when you talk about spiritual leadership uh, and the things that we learn here, of course, that would apply to a pastor, apply to a Sunday school teacher, 
Uh, really, any believer can be a spiritual leader to someone, right? Parents, right? You're spiritual leaders. Uh, you should be spiritual leaders to your children. And of course, uh, you could be a spiritual leader uh, to anyone you may have. Just think about it this way. Uh, who's somebody that I might have influence in their life? Maybe think if you have a position if, if uh, at work, maybe you're a manager or a team leader or something. Well, uh, you, maybe you have influence in somebody's lives. Well, uh, being a Christian, you can be a spiritual leader or have influence uh, in that person's life. So it's good to know. And there is a difference between being a spiritual leader, right, and then the world's terminology of leader, even though some things may overlap. And so Ezra's responsibility as a leader among his people was to establish order and religious worship in the land. He was there to establish order and uh, religious worship. Matter of fact, look at verses 25 and 26, and we get a glimpse into that. Look at verse 25 says, and thou, here he's given some instruction, uh, Ezra, it says, and thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, look at this, set magistrates and judges, which may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teach ye them that know them not, right? So, hey, you're supposed to set some order, right? The uh, Bible says, let everything be done decently in order. So he's supposed to help with that when he gets there. Verse 26, and whosoever will not do the law of thy God, right? You got to teach him instruction and make sure they do it. And the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon them, whether it be unto death or to banishment or to the confiscation of goods or to imprisonment. So you see that he was given some responsibility among his people. In verse 6, notice what it says about him. It says this, Ezra went up to, from Babylon, and he was, I like that statement, a ready scribe, a ready scribe. Well, that word ready means what? It means to be well-versed in something. It means to be have uh, extraordinary or expertise in some area. So in Ezra's case, he was one what? One studied and one that practiced and taught the law of God. That was his area of expertise. He was a ready scribe. But we see here, besides a man of the book, and I like that statement, a man of the book, right? Be a man of the book. Be a person of the book. We see that here, right? Ezra was, again, we see here, a man of authority and influence. And so Ezra used his knowledge, his authority, and his position to influence those people toward the things of God. He was not just there to build his own. He didn't think, oh, I got a position. Now I can build my own little kingdom. We see enough of that in the ministry today, right? People trying to build their own little kingdom and people, you know, churches turn into little personality cults. Well, that's what we're not supposed to be, amen? We're supposed to be spiritual leaders among the people and influence them and point them to God, not to ourselves. He was there to instruct, he was there to reform, and he was there to edify the people of God. And so if we look at this as an example of a spiritual leader, let's uh, pause for him. What, what do we learn from this? That a position does not make a leader. Just because you're given a position on your job or given a position in the church, that doesn't necessarily uh, make you a leader. Now, it may give one a certain amount of authority over someone. It may put one over a certain group of people, but it does not necessarily make one a leader. There's a difference. Matter of fact, positional uh, leadership or positional authority, if you study leadership, is the lowest level of authority because uh, leadership is about having influence in people's lives. So you may be over people, 
But if you don't connect with them properly, you will not be an influence in their lives. So in other words, I just don't want to say, well, you know, I'm the, the pastor of this church. That means nothing. That means nothing if I don't have a connection with the people. That means nothing if hopefully I don't have an influence in the right way in people's lives. If you don't connect with them properly, you'll not be an influence in their life. They will not view you as their leader. Just as look at you as maybe, oh, well, that person doesn't really have influence in my life. They're just somehow they, they got that position. So like the old saying goes, which I like, right? People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. So all good leadership is based on relationships. I like this one. People won't, people won't go along with you unless they get along with you. That's why I try to be nice to you. Right? I want us to get along, right? So we can all go along together, right, man, and serve the Lord together. So people want to be led along, not pushed along. So if you're trying to help someone with their relationship with the Lord, a good way to look at it, how can I help this person with their relationship with the Lord? Well, a good place to start is to help them with their relationship with you, right? And so an important part of uh, uh, pastoring and being a shepherd is not just standing behind the pulpit and giving the Word of God, though that's important. It's about, amen, I want to have a relationship. I want each person to know that we care about them, amen, when we want to know what's going on in their life and we want to know how to, how to pray for them. So that's a good thing to think about if you're trying to help someone. So Ezra had a heart for God, and so he had a heart for people. Like Ezra, in order to lead others to God or back to God, and in this case, we must first prepare our own hearts. The Holy Spirit desires to strengthen us, of course, in our inner man. When we study God's Word, the Lord will prepare us for His work. And of course, great joy, right? Great joy comes when we live in the overflow of our walk with God. And that is how, amen, we have influence and are trying to be a blessing to others. And so Ezra understood this, right? He understood the importance if he was given that position that to do that, he had to begin by preparing his own heart. So let us notice first the heart of this man of God, the heart of this man of God. Verse 10 says what? It says he prepared his heart. That word prepared means this. I like this thought. It means to cause to stand in the right position. <laughs> the cause to stand in the right position. He says, hey, I want, listen, uh, God's given me this position. I have the opportunity to be an influence in the lives of these people that God has put me with. Well, I know it needs to begin with my heart. And I need to make sure that my heart is in the right position. One, to be sensitive to God. Two, to be sensitive to the people. Amen? And to be sensitive to what God wants me to give to these people and to be sensitive to make sure that they're understanding what God has me to give them or do with them. So that's a good question today. Is your heart in the right position? Amen? Is your heart in the right position today? Is your heart where it should be with God? That's always, we should always be doing that checkup. Is my heart where it should be with God? Do I know that my heart is in the right position? position. You see, preparation. You see, it's not something that just automatically happens. When you're preparing for something, what does that require? It requires effort. It requires commitment. It requires making conscious decisions, amen, to prepare whatever it is you're preparing from. So just think about the things you prepare for. We'll look at that in a minute. So you, you, you have to consciously make those decisions that will put your heart in the right place and prepare you in the service 
of the Lord. And so what you do on a daily basis, those daily decisions, those daily actions, right? They are either preparing your heart to be close to the Lord or they're preparing your heart to be drawn away from the Lord. That's like they say, decisions determine destiny. You're as close to God as you want to be today because you've been making decisions that put you in the position of where you are in your relationship with God today. We cannot move forward without, with God without a prepared heart. So God has given us a task just like he gave Ezra one. So remember this, a call, you've heard this before, a call to serve is what? It's a call to prepare. And the first thing we must prepare is our heart. Again, preparation for anything is a part of life. Preparing for a career, right? We just had several people uh, graduate from high school, so what should they be doing? Hopefully they're preparing for a career. Preparing for marriage, right? Don't just jump into marriage. You say, well, you know, you may not be, you don't know if you're going to get married in a, a few months, a few years, or whatever God has for you, but even now. Right, young people, you should be preparing for that moment, preparing for marriage. Preparing, listen, uh, uh, and if you're married, preparing to be a parent. Listen, that's a great responsibility. You want to take that lightly. You want to say, God, prepare my heart and help me to prepare, Lord, uh, for the, uh, the privilege that you would give me to be a parent. And, or even you think about preparing for an event. You know, there's one great event we need to prepare for. Amos tells us about that in chapter 4, verse 12. It says this in Amos 4, 12. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. It says this, because I will do this unto thee. Listen to this statement. Prepare to meet thy God. That's one thing we all need to prepare for is to meet God. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't prepared to meet God today. This is my friend. You need to make sure that there is a day and a time in your life when you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If, even though you may not remember uh, the day or the exact moment, you need to know that it happened in your life, that you know there's a day that you understood that you were a sinner on your way to hell, that you realized that the only hope you had was in what Jesus Christ did for you through his shed blood, and that he, God loves you. And therefore, Jesus died for you and shed his blood for you and was buried and rose again the third day for you. And you need to know that you understood that. And you, by faith from the word of God, put your trust in that finished work of Jesus Christ and accept him into your heart, asking him to take away your sins. And we're born again into the family of God, just like the Bible teaches. You need to know that because if you're not 100% sure that, there, that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are not ready to meet God. And so you know what you need to do? You need to prepare for that meeting. Listen, we talked about getting ready for a career. If you knew you had a big interview, what would you do? Well, I gotta, what are you doing? I'm preparing for this interview, right? If you knew that uh, you were meeting, uh, come on, young men, young ladies, right? If you knew that you were getting ready to, to meet somebody that might be a potential, what are you going to do? You're going to prepare for that right? Well, listen, uh, what's more important than preparing to meet God and knowing that you have accepted Jesus Christ and now you have a daily active personal relationship with the living God because you've accepted him. I hope that you've prepared for that. And you haven't, guess what? You can do that today. Amen. You can prepare to meet God today. So here in Ezra, right, we saw previously that when the people returned to Jerusalem, what did they do? They returned to rebuild. They began preparing. And what did they start with? Who remembers what they started with? They started with the altar. 
They started with the altar. Remember, you start with the inner first. And that's a beautiful picture, right? Because the Bible says, know you not that your body is the temple of God? Our body is the temple of God. And what is our heart? Our heart is the altar, right? We need to begin with our heart. We need to begin the same place they began in making, they, they, they prepare that altar first. And so we need to make sure that we prepare the altar to meet God. Our prepared heart in the service of the Lord will help us be stronger in the inner man. Ephesians 3.16 says this, that he would grant you according to the rich of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Ezra was strong in the inner man, right? And the good hand of God was upon him. I love these verses, verses 6 and verse 9. Notice these statements at the end of these verses. And the king granted him all his requests, what? According to the good hand of the Lord his God upon him. And then it talked about when he traveled. He left the first month and he got there the fifth month. And why was he safe? He was safe according to the good hand of his God upon him. That's a good example for us, you know, and he, he had a good relationship with the king. Why? Because the good hand of God was upon him. You want to have a good relationship with people? get the good hand of God upon you. I truly believe having the good hand of God upon you, even in the normal affairs of life, right? His relationship with the king wasn't necessarily a spiritual one, right? But it was a relationship, a human relationship. But yet for him to have favor with the king, it was because the good hand of God was upon him. And so even in your affairs and dealing with people at work, uh, maybe dealing with your boss or dealing with other people you work with, say, God, I need your good hand upon me that I might have favor with those that I deal with on a daily basis. We should pray for the good hand upon us again as we deal with people in the affairs of life, right? Even in traveling, he even asked for it in traveling, right? Say, Lord, I need the good hand of God upon me that I would be safe even in my travels. He, he recognized that God kept him safe as he traveled from Babylon to Jerusalem because the good hand of God was upon him. That's why it's good to, uh, to pray uh, when you travel. So we see, first of all, that the man of God, we see the heart of the man of God that he knew if he was going to be able to fulfill the task that God gave him, it began with preparing his heart and making sure it was in the right position, amen, to the right position to follow God and the right position to lead those and be an example to those that God would have him influence for the things of God. Next, we see the desire of the man of God. It says here in verse 10, what do he do? It says, prepared his heart to what? To seek, to seek. You may have heard this phrase, inquiring minds want to know, right? I remember that. It was an old commercial, inquiring minds want to know. Well, you know what? Uh, the, uh, there's, you know what's else all true? The inquiring hearts want to know, amen? Listen, uh, uh, a seeking heart. Do you have an inquiring heart? Do you have a seeking heart? You cannot seek God without a desire to know his word. People say, oh, you want to know God? Yeah, I want to know God. Well, hey, this is how you know him. You must desire, right? If you seek God, then you're going to seek him through the word of God. This is where he reveals himself. We'll talk more about that. But you cannot seek God without a desire to know his word. That is why even babes in Christ, what does it say? Hey, as soon as you're saved, as babes in Christ, what? It says in Peter, desire the sincere milk of the word. As soon as you get saved, seek God and seek him through his word. This is God's revelation of himself. And we'll notice more about that in a minute. So we notice the desire of the man of God, right? He sought God through his word. Next, we see the example 
of this man of God. Notice what he did here. It says, Ezra prepared his heart to seek what? The law of God to get into the book and then what? And to do it. That's the whole purpose of knowing the word of God, that we might do it, that we might put it in to action. Our job is, amen, to lift the truths of this word, amen, and put them in our heart. And that prepares our heart. That puts our heart in the right place. And then we go out and do the right thing in the right place, amen, because our heart's in the right place. We'll always be in the right place and doing the right thing in the right place. So he says an example, right? He did it. He put it in to action. Remember, you've heard that statement. You may be the only Bible that people ever read. You may be the only Bible that people ever read. That's why it's important for you to have it in your heart and make it part of your life. John 13, 70 says this, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Are you happy this morning? Was they happy, happy, happy. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Well, hey, if you're not, get out there and do some of the word of God. Hey, you don't think I ever uh, feel a bit down? You don't think things ever attack my mind and heart? You know, I've shared this before. You know what I do? I'll, I'll just walk out and go find somebody to start talking to. I'll just walk out. You know me. It doesn't bother me to, to, to uh, 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 walk up to some people. I don't know if I mentioned this the other day when I was going to visit Donna. Uh, I know I told somebody about this, but this lady was walking towards me and her shirt said, you are awesome. Man, I walked up and I said, oh, thank you for telling me that. I really needed that. I'm glad she knew what was on her shirt. Amen. <laughs> Some people, they wear shirts. They don't know what's on it, right? But her shirt said, you are awesome. So I just walked her. I said, oh, thank you for telling me that today. I really needed that encouragement today. Thank you so very much. And she's like, oh, yeah. She went right along with it. So that was a good thing. I didn't get in trouble. She didn't call the police. Amen. But hey, go, go out there and just look for somebody, man, to encourage along the way. And that will help you. Just get out there and put the word of God into action. Amen. And boy, that'll sure help you in your heart. You want to be happy in life, amen? Do God's word and do God's will. But let's get down here. So which leads us to what? We see the heart of the man of God. We see the desire of the man of God and his example. And so that brings us what? To the leadership, right? That was why he had a right to be in a leadership position because his heart was in the right place, amen? His, his desire was in the right place. His example was in the right place, and therefore he could be the right type of leader. Look what it says in verse 10. And to teach. All these came before the teaching. Having your heart in the right place, right? Uh, uh, being a student of the Word of God. Being an example of the Word of God. Hey, now you're able to teach. Now you're prepared to teach. So we see his leadership. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul said this to the young Timothy, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. I like the fact that he said the same. Hey, listen, uh, just go out there and teach them the same things that you've been taught. You see, because Ezra prepared his heart, because Ezra prepared his heart, he was prepared for the task he had been given. And he was prepared when the people came to him for spiritual guidance. He was prepared. That's why it's important. Listen, uh, you can't just prepare as a Christian. You can't say, oh, Sunday's coming. I got to prepare. Oh, Wednesday's coming. Listen, you have to, especially if you're in the ministry, you got to prepare daily. You know why? Because you never know when somebody's going to call and ask you that question. You never know that next phone call that somebody calls and all of a sudden you got you to dart out the door. You don't have time to spend half hour getting right with God, right? <laughs> you got to dart out the door and go help somebody. Or you have to uh, pray with somebody on the phone right there 
coherent. And you don't want to do that with a bunch of things that uh, uh, piled up in your heart and mind. You want to have a prepared heart, amen, the best you can uh, continually so you're ready to minister to people. And so since Ezra, since he prepared his heart and prepared his life, he was prepared when the people of God showed up. Turn over to Nehemiah chapter 8. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God. Nehemiah chapter 8. Look what happened. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. It says this, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. It says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man. One of my favorite statements in the Word of God is when the people of God gather together as one man. Into the street. That was before the water gate. And look, look what they did. They spake unto Ezra. Do you notice who did the talking first? Ezra didn't speak to them. They spake unto Ezra. The, to what? The scribe to bring the book. Notice he didn't come to them and say, hey, y'all, come over here. I got something good I want to share with you. No, they came, they came chasing down the man of God. Now, here's some people needing something from God, want something from God. What if he hadn't prepared? Well, you mean he, I'm not saying he walked around with a, a three-point message in his back pocket, but his heart was prepared. His life was prepared. So, hey, when they said, bring the book, amen, he didn't hesitate. He said, well, okay, let's get the book and gather around together. He said, bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded him. So notice this. You know, today we have the man of God chasing down the people of God. Hey, why weren't you in church Sunday? But here we see the people of God chasing the man of God down. You want revival? Amen. When, when the church is at a state that they're chasing down the man of God instead of the man of God chasing them down, you're going to see some things happen. And Ezra the priest, what did he do? He brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding. Isn't that good? Everybody was invited to come upon the first day of the seventh month. And notice verse 3, And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women... And those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. What a wonderful thing when everybody is paying attention. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. Now I'm assuming they're talking about the podium. Now this is a pulpit of wood. I might be able to stand on it if I tried, but amen. I'm getting older, so we'll hold off on that one. Maybe one day, God kicks a honey bucket over my soul, I might try it. But for now, amen, we'll stand behind the pulpit. But it says, it says this, which they had made for the purpose. Amen, there's a purpose behind the pulpit. And right, and so these men of God stood with him, and notice in verse 5, and Ezra opened the book, amen, in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, amen, and amen. I like that. Did you hear that? Everybody said amen. Now you know a meeting's going on. Hey, when once in a while you might hear somebody say amen, but when everybody's saying amen, when everybody's saying hallelujah, hey, we're going to have a good time at the house of God. Or as the people of God on the street, wherever God has us meet that day. But it says all the people said amen, amen, with the lifting up of their hands. Look, that's okay too. And bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You see, amen, they showed up, they got the word of God, and so God showed up and blessed them. But did you notice that? What did they ask for? They said, bring the book. You know what's going on a lot of churches today? They're saying, Lord, they're saying, preacher, bring us entertainment. Bring us some new philosophy. Bring us blah, blah, blah. Listen, uh, a lot of people today remind me of the Athenians in Acts 17, 21, where it says that they spent their time 
in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. Listen, we don't need a new thing. We just need to stick to the old, old book. People just need the old, old book. Listen, like I tell you before, my grandfather said to me, Jeff, just stick with the book. Amen. And I say to you, listen, we just need to stick with the book. Whatever you need in your life today, it is found in the word of God. All the wisdom that you need, uh, the direction that you need, amen, in life uh, to to help you be uh, that spouse that you want to be, to help you be that parent you want to be, to help you be that teacher you want to be, to help you be that influence you want to be, amen, those truths, those precepts, those principles are found in the Word of God. They didn't need to bring nothing else that day, amen. Uh, They just brought the Word of God, and the Word of God got the job done. Let me tell you, the Word of God is still getting the job done when people pay attention to it, when people seek it, when people are willing to do it. Amen. When people, when when the word of God is burning in their heart, you see, he taught it to people. Listen, when the, when the things of God are burning in your heart, amen, you'll want to share it with somebody. Hey, if you're not a Sunday school teacher, you'll be sharing it at work. You'll be sharing it with your neighbors. You'll be looking for somebody to share it with. Amen. When you fill your heart and prepare your heart with the things of God. You see, it says the people stood up. They were not told to. Now, there's nothing wrong. We tell people, hey, would you please stand as we read the word of God sometimes? Amen. But that's where this comes from. But they weren't told to. It says, it says they, they, they stood up. You're right. They respected the things of God. You see, there's no respect for the things of God anymore. Nothing seems to matter anymore. We need to have a respect for the things of God. In Joshua 1.8, it says this. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do. There it is. Right. Ezra. He studied the word of God. He meditated. Why? To do. God told Joshua, meditate upon this word. Why? And do it according to all that is written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous. Then shall thou have good success. uh, Young people, you want to be prosperous in life? You want to be successful in life? Well, of course, amen, be an engaged employee. Be be the best employee you can be. uh, Be the best student you can be, amen. But listen, live according to this book, and that's the best way to be prosperous. Follow the principle of this book, and you'll be prosperous, and you'll have good success in life. That word observe means to be careful. Be careful to do. That means consciously. Again, amen, these are, it's, life is about making conscious decisions, right decisions. This, listen, you read this book, it's not going to be automatic. You say, you have to walk out and say, I want to, listen, I'm facing a situation. I make a conscious decision uh, to do the right thing in this situation. I make a conscious decision, amen, uh, uh, to, to be an example or whatever the case is, those conscious decisions. This book, God's word is the only thing that will give you the sustaining faith that you need to get through life and please God. You want to know how to make it through life? You want to know how to please God? Amen. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Get in this book, love this book, amen, and you'll have what you need to be sustained in life. You see, Scripture uh, uh, Brother Wood mentioned this, I think, in Sunday school. Scripture is what? It's the progressive revelation of God. You see people say, well, is there a God? You can really know that. God, remember this, God is in the revealing business. Why did he give us this book? This book, the, the Bible is not here to prove there's a God. No, it's not here to prove there's a God. 
The Bible, God just comes out and says, I'm here. I'm here. I don't have to prove myself to you. I'm here. That's how it starts off. Genesis 1-1. What? In the beginning, God. It doesn't start off trying to prove to you there's a God. It just says, in the beginning, God. That's truth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Did you know a lot of problems could be solved in our nation if they would just believe the first verse of the Bible? I don't want to get sidetracked by that. If they just believe there's a God and that he is the creator. And then when he creates life, amen, he gives that life a soul, right? And that soul is going to be somewhere for eternity. That's why it matters, amen, what you do with it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And then this continues through to the end of Revelation, revealing the character of God. From Genesis to Revelation, God is revealing himself. Say, I'm here. Hey, hey, people, I'm here. I love you. I care about you. I want to be part of your life. I want to save you. I want to help you get through this life. I want to help you be the best individual that you can be. Amen. And then when you're done with this life down here, I want us to come up here and spend eternity together in the place that I've prepared for you. This, is God, this book is all about God revealing himself. Why did Jesus come to the earth? He came to reveal God. What does the Bible say about Jesus in Colossians 1.15? who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. That's who Jesus is. You want to know who Jesus is? He's not just some nice guy that walked the earth. He's the image of the invisible God. When they, that's why he said, when you saw Jesus, you saw God. You know, when Philip came up and said, uh, hey, show us the Father, what did, what did Jesus say? Well, you've been with me so, time, uh, so long and you're asking that question. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know God? Know Jesus Christ because He's God. He's the, in the beginning, God created, right? Well, what's John 1, 1 say, right? In the beginning was the, word, was the Word, the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God, right? And without Him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and God said, right? Right there is Jesus Christ. He's the Word. What a wonderful thought that is. So we, like Ezra, like Ezra, Getting back to Ezra, we should want to have spiritual influence in the lives of others. Not just a position, but to have spiritual influence to help people along in their spiritual walk in life as God gives us opportunity. But we must be willing to make that effort, right, to be the man and woman of God the Lord would have us to be. And how does it begin? Ezra, he sets a good example for us. God gave him a great position. God gave him great authority. God gave him the ability to have great influence. But he was an influence, not because God gave him a position, right? He had great influence because he honored that position God gave him by preparing his heart for that position, amen, and by loving the Word of God and by seeking God and by doing the Word of God. And from that, right, when he taught the people, you see, when he taught the people, it wasn't just because he studied something that, that week or whatever. It was an overflow 
of his walk with God. You see, maybe not necessarily what he was teaching, but the overflow of his life was seen in what he was teaching. Amen. The people, when, when he ministered to the people, they felt the overflow, amen, of his prepared heart. They felt the overflow, amen, of his desire to do the things of God. And through that, he had influence on those that God allowed him to be a part of their lives. So a person with a prepared heart is prepared to influence others for Christ. Lord, I want to influence. Lord, when I walk out my door, Lord, when I go through my life this week, I want to influence people for you. He says, well, are you prepared to do that? (laughs) Well, how can I prepare to do that? By preparing your heart, amen, and seeking me through my word and spending time with me. Prepare. So prepare to be used of the Lord in the opportunities that he opens up for us. Well, let me see. We're going to go out the door in a few minutes. We're going to start a new week, right? The, the day is the day, first day of a new week. Are we prepared? Amen. If God gives, as God gives us opportunities this week, are we prepared to be what he'd have us to be through those opportunities and have an influence on somebody's life for the cause of Christ? Well, you, you don't have to sit there and have a, a good thing. You just have to go here. Well, is my heart in the right place? <laughs> is my heart prepared? Is my heart in the right place? And then I'll know if my heart's prepared, then I'm prepared, amen, to be what God would have me to do and do what he'd have me to do, just like Ezra, amen, and he sets a good example for us here. So again, we say today, if you're not saved and you have any questions about knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, hey, please don't leave here. Let us answer that question for you through the Word of God. Or if you're listening here today, if you're listening in, you have questions about that. Well, if you're listening in, then you know somebody in the church. Amen. Call me or call uh, that, that person you're connected with in the church and say, hey, I want to know how I know that I'm prepared to meet God. Or if you're saved this morning, let's be honest with ourselves. Amen. Think about this. Even before you came to the house of God, you should have prepared. Before you, got it, before you came to the house of God, did you prepare to come to the house of God? Amen. So you could be influenced. Amen. Uh, through the song and through the teaching and through the message of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this example of spiritual leadership that we find in Ezra's life. He prepared his heart. Lord, how in the world would we try to do the work of God without the power of God, without being full of the Spirit and the love and the Word of God. Lord, it's a wonderful thing. The greatest thing in the world is to impact, to influence another life for the cause of Christ. Lord, we can't take that lightly, Lord. We have to prepare to fulfill that mission. And it begins with a prepared heart. It begins by having our heart in the right place so that you can pour into it, amen, what we need to be, what you'd have us to be. Help each one, we pray, dear God, if somebody needs to come forward for salvation, if somebody needs to come and just pray about something, dear God, help them to do what they need to do so we can all leave here today with our heart in the right place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Page number 155. 155, have thine own way. Let's stand. 155. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. 
mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still on that second. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence. should be the desire of your heart that God would have his own way in your heart. Well, having that prepared heart, that, that's the like, how, how many times is, I think, even just since I've been here, let alone other places in ministry, but just here at the church that, you know, I've gotten that call that I had to run out the door. Or I got that call and somebody needed something right over the phone right there. And inside I'm going, Lord, help me. Lord, is my heart, is my heart prepared to help this person right now? Lord, am I prepared, amen, to minister to this person with what they need in this situation right now? Oh, we shouldn't take these things, these things, these things uh, lightly. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing, amen, to influence somebody for Christ. But it's also a serious thing. It's something we shouldn't take lightly that God would give us uh, the influence. I think about our, 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 our children. You know, I, I, I believe in this. A lot of times we think, you know, when we're uh, choosing uh, Sunday school teachers, say, well, you know, of course we should have our, 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 our best teacher uh, teaching the, uh, the, the, the adults. Really, I think the best teacher should be teaching the children. <laughs> because the adults can sort of figure some things out, you know what I mean, as, as, as they're being taught. Children can't, you know. And so uh, you want to make sure you get them grounded. Amen. You want to make sure that you, you have somebody that can explain it on their level, right, and, and break it in. I know you have to have a, a balance in those things, but that's something to, to think about. Amen. Getting those children, having influence upon those, uh, those uh, uh, children, that's a, seri- that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a serious thing. And so even as you're going out and, and, and just in the highways and byways trying to influence. So let's uh, think about that as we sing these next stanzas. Verse number three. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me. Savior divine. And on that last, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold o'er my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see. Christ only always living in me. Amen. I need to 
think about that. Doesn't Pam teach our, I think, I'm sure she's listening. Doesn't she teach our three and four-year-olds? Oh, man. Pam, that makes, sorry, sister, that makes you the best uh, teacher, and I guess that puts me at the bottom there. So, amen. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. All right. Well, hope you have a good afternoon and a good lunch, a good time of uh, 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 fellowship. And, uh, man, just, uh, uh, man, I like that. Bring the book. I love that. Bring the book. Stay in the book. Amen. And I like it where, where it says, remember, they uh, hadn't had it for a while, and it says, we found the book. We found the book. Hope they never update that, because if they did today, we found the iPad. We found the iPhone. <laughs> no, no, no. Stick with the book. Amen. Stick with the book. I'm glad you have your phone on those things, but they're not the book. This is the book. Amen. Well, good to see you. Like I said, John back made it uh, 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 safely. Yeah, would you please close us in prayer, John?